Hello, this is Alex. Welcome to Socialism Survival Podcast number 57. Today I have a special guest, Dr. Michael Santos, author of the book 2076 Reagan's Last Word. But before the recording with the interview will be played, let's do some virtual housekeeping and community organizing. My friends, we are coming closer and closer to midterm elections on November 2nd. And I ask you all, please go out and vote and help your friends, your neighbors, your relatives to make a right choice. Spread the word about this podcast. Share it with others too. Let them know all the horrors of socialism so they will make right choice and vote against it. I'd like to remind you my website. It is socialismsurvival.com and also I invite you to join me on Facebook as Socialism Survivalist and as Alex SSP on Twitter. You will be able to find all links and connections on my website. If you'd like to write me, please uh, write to podcast at socialismsurvival.com. If you would like to leave me a voice message, please use the Google voice feature uh, on my website. If you are a new listener, uh, please take a time and go to podcast page on my website or go to iTunes where you can download and listen to previously recorded Socialism Survival podcasts. And now, let's go to our interview. Today my guest is Dr. Michael Santos and Dr. Michael, welcome to Socialism Survival Podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yes, I'm very glad to invite you to my show. Thank you for allowing me to read your book, 2076, Reagan Last Word, very interesting book. Very interesting uh, story, adventure. Thank And um, I would like to talk today on various uh, subjects. And um, I would like to start uh, with your life, where you was born and how you got here in America and how you got the idea of writing uh, this interesting book. Sure. Um, well, I was uh, born in uh, Venezuela, and uh, I came uh, to the United States uh, when I was a kid. Um, like many other uh, immigrants, my parents came here looking for uh, opportunity for us, for me, for for my brother. And uh, I uh, lived most of my life in uh, Florida. And uh, way I came up with. Uh, with the idea for this uh, book is uh, I was uh, uh, watching a, a speech that Ronald Reagan gave back in uh, 1976 uh, where he spoke about a, a letter that he placed in a time capsule, a letter that's going to be opened uh, in the year 2076 in uh, our nation's uh, tricentennial. 
And um, at that time, uh, during, during Reagan's uh, speech in 1976, he expressed his concern that if America continued with the same uh, policies of uh, the same big government policies that were being pursued back then, uh, that uh, his letter was never going to be uh, read because it spoke of individual freedom and that message would not be welcome uh, in such an America. And uh, as I was watching that speech, uh, in this uh, last presidential election in two, 2008, um, it occurred to me that uh, we're basically, history is repeating itself. We're, we're making the same mistakes we made back in the 60s and 70s and pursuing the same uh, old ideas of uh, big uh, government, uh, which failed then and have failed everywhere they have been tried. And uh, we're making those same mistakes again, and that future that uh, Ronald Reagan was so concerned about and that he worked so hard as uh, president to try to prevent, uh, that future might still, uh, might still happen. Michael, uh, did you grow as a conservative? Who really uh, installed in you those ideas of conservatism and uh, uh, the way that you got interested in Reagan and the uh, more right side of politics? Yeah, yeah uh, that's a good question. Uh, I think uh, uh, there's a generation of us, uh, I'm in my uh, uh, late 30s, the uh, way I became a conservative, uh, I uh, grew up, uh, I came to... to be exposed to politics, uh, you know, when I was a, a teenager, uh, when Reagan was uh, was president, uh, you know, that's uh, when you see a lot of the uh, people right now that are leading the Tea Party movement, a lot of them are around my same age in their late 30s or, or 40s, and they're all people that have been exposed to, to Reagan's ideas that first came into uh, understand politics or be interested in politics during the, uh, the Reagan presidency. So we've been uh, influenced by, by those ideas. So when somebody comes in like uh, uh, our current president uh, promising big government uh, uh, solutions, uh, we know that's not how it works. We know that limited government works. We know we believe in individual freedom. And um, basically, Reagan was, uh, uh, I would say, my biggest uh, influence in uh, becoming a conservative. You know, Michael, um, I'm a new person to America. I came here uh, like 10 years ago, and I'm still learning a lot. And I'm glad that I could learn from you and from your fiction, from this book, uh, uh, the year 2076, Reagan's last word. It's it's very interesting uh, story, uh, but uh, and I learned a lot, even though it's uh, fiction. But uh, it's also educating, and um, I wish uh, more people would read this book. As for me, I read it in a couple of days. It was so interesting, and uh, the story is catching. You kind of wanna know what is next. Yeah, I've always thought, uh, you know, that the fiction can be, good fiction can be a, a very powerful way to, to deliver a message. And um, it, uh, 
I could write a, a non-fiction book and say the same things that I said there because everything that happens to my characters in, in the future have been uh, things that have been proposed by the uh, by the current administration or people around the administration. Uh, be it, uh, you know, when my characters get denied uh, uh, dessert at a restaurant because they've gone over their uh, allotted uh, caloric intake. Uh, you know, that's obviously happening right now. They're proposing uh, this uh, uh, obesity legislation, and, and they're going to uh, uh, basically right now nod you to, to go into a certain eating habits and, and restaurants avoiding to selling certain foods. Uh, but, you know, it's the beginning. It's, uh, it's the early stages of, of the government basically telling us what to eat, you know, what to drink. Michael. And, uh, uh, let me talk uh, to you for a little bit uh, as to uh, Dr. Michael, not just Michael, but Dr. Michael. Uh, we are coming to the new elections and we hope that uh, conservatives will win and somehow this uh, universal health care, socialistic health care law will be repealed or at least stopped. And, uh, as you told me before in uh, our conversation before we recorded this show, that you are a physician. And of course, uh, for you, uh, existence of this new law uh, is, uh, means a lot. I mean, uh, the repeal of this law <laughs> means even more. Yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, Obamacare is one of the worst uh, pieces of uh, legislation that's ever been passed by uh, Congress. It's uh, an insult to, to our liberties. It, it changes the entire relationship of, uh, of the individual and the, and the state. In our, our constitution, uh, it's supposed to, to be a document that uh, is meant to protect individual freedom and to restrict uh, the power of, of the government. So now you're you're giving uh, with this legislation the the, the government the, the responsibility and the power to provide a service that involves every aspect of our life, and uh, so so that relationship is is, is changed now. The the government is uh, supreme is not the, is not <clears throat> no longer uh, the citizen the, the individual um, that has all the all, all the uh, power in this uh, country. Um, with the o Obamacare, uh, you know, you're going to be able to control um, from uh, what, what you eat uh, to having to buy your own insurance to uh, having been denied certain uh, treatments. Uh, so, you know, I mean, it's, a, it's a invading uh, into our very personal decisions in a way that government has never been uh, has never been involved. Um, then you also have uh, that it's a way of uh, doing wealth uh, redistribution. Uh, that's been said by many progressives that are right now uh, involved running the uh, Medicare system uh, right now. Uh, so it is a way to take uh, away money from, from physicians, from hospitals, and basically bring it back into the system and, and redistribute that, uh, that money. Um, 
So Obamacare is uh, is, is a step towards uh, towards Marxism. Uh, there's uh, no you know no way to 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 deny that it's a, it's a really outrageous piece of legislation and I. Uh, the Republicans, if they're not serious about the repealing Obamacare, uh, they're going to end up regretting it because uh, it's uh, it's uh, dangerous to our to our nation. Yeah, I remember uh, the long uh, lines uh, to the doctors in Soviet Union. Sometimes you come mm-hmm. in in the morning and you don't know if you will be received by the doctor or not. And doctors, yes, uh, absolutely. I mean, you 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 have a system that it's not going to be responsive uh, because uh, you know there's you, there's going to be restrictions in in care. Um, you know, you just got to think uh, what's going to happen. Uh, you know, once the government is in complete control of our healthcare system, what happens when there's another economic downturn? And the government uh, doesn't have enough money, and they have to cut. I mean, who, who's going to suffer the most with the, with the, any uh, cuts? Is the people that need it the most, uh, elderly people and and disabled people and uh, people with chronic conditions. And and, uh, and and you know, one thing that people should also remember is that as much as we uh, think of the other, uh, how bad social socialized medicine is in, in other countries. In uh, be it in Cuba or or the old Soviet Union or or uh, Europe, England, any of those countries, uh, it's going to be it's going to be even worse here because uh, those countries had us. We were developing new treatments and new techniques, which eventually trickled yes. down to those countries. No matter uh, you know how bad they were, they still had us to develop all these new treatments and new drugs. Uh, we're not going to have anybody, you know, if if uh, those incentives go away here for new treatments and and uh, new medications, then it, the, it's over. I mean, it's not going to, some of the countries might be uh, developing some of it, but it's never going to be at the same scale as, as America has been doing it up to now. And talking to you as a doctor, I can tell you from my Soviet experience that uh, uh, one of the category of people who will suffer uh, will be doctors too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I mean that's already happening. Uh, uh, the, the director for Medicare uh, Services uh, uh, right now, Dr. Uh, Donald Berwick, I think is his name. Uh, he has uh, said that any good healthcare system is a, is one that uh, redistributes uh, wealth. So. While uh, they're going to be talking about uh, doing all these Medicare audits, uh, big hospitals, and and uh, rich doctors looking for for fraud, um, and there is a lot of fraud going on out there, but they're not going to be looking for the uh, the the taxpayers' best interest. They're going to be basically looking to redistribute the wealth. Yeah, remembering That's basically what their goal is. Yeah, remembering uh, Soviet Union. I remember that. Uh, Doctors there were uh, uh, well, well underpaid, and uh, in order for them to survive, uh, they had to uh, well, people had to bring uh, some uh, gifts uh, or bribes, I don't know, uh, to give to doctors 
just to get there. And I'm not blaming doctors because of the way they were paid, underpaid. It was yeah. difficult to survive. They had to spend uh, uh, probably uh, like uh, 15, 18 hours on work because if there is a surgery or emergency, they had to stay and they still were uh, paid just a uh, little. Yeah, but uh, you know, the, the oh, Marxists do, do learn from their mistakes, you know, and the, all the Soviet Union and other communist countries, you had doctors making, you know, uh, basically very little money, so there was no incentive uh, to work. The way it, they're going to, to do it here is uh, you will continue to, to, to make, uh, uh, you know, a little bit uh, of good money, but then they will take it away from you afterwards, you know, with the uh, very vague uh, rules and and regulations, and then they just uh, uh, review the charts afterwards and and look for uh, for uh, uh, treatments that you did that did not quite meet the medical necessity that they that uh, they think uh, it should meet, and and then you have to reimburse them uh, the money. Yeah. So, They'll let you, uh, you know, uh, produce, but uh, then you have to pay it back. Yeah, I still, so, I still afraid, uh, Doctor Michael. <laughs> let me say that I still afraid that good doctors will leave the practice, and they will kind of mass produce uh, uh, in socialistic uh, education institutions, mass producing uh, doctors uh, who will be. Uh, not as uh, good quality providers and who will be uh, more sus uh, uh, suspected to uh, uh, susceptible to the corruption you know yeah yeah uh, exactly no that's what's going to happen yeah I, I said you know to us uh, you know like uh, you uh, and me we probably are going to be okay uh but the biggest problem is going to be our kids and our grandkids. They are going to be the ones that really feel the impact of, uh, of Obamacare. By the time all of these uh, plays out, uh, they're the ones that are going to be dealing with a, a health care system that just uh, won't work and, uh, and won't have any incentive and no new treatments. And uh, it's, not a, it's not a good future for them. And, Again, that was go back to my book. That was part of the reason for uh, writing it because uh, it is a deep concern that uh, we're leaving a, a, an America to our kids and our grandkids uh, in much worse shape than we inherited. Yes, that's what I wanted to do. Go, uh, just uh, before you said that, uh, I wanted to go back to your book, and uh, even if I wouldn't know that you are a doctor, uh, reading your book, I would say this book was written by a doctor and one of the uh, uh, person in, in this book is Jackie and she uh, was a doctor right? Mm -hmm. Yeah yeah one of the characters yeah it's a, it's a doctor I, I basically you know I wanted to, to make the book uh, very much about the characters you know about uh, what uh, life uh, is like for, for them in a, in a Marxist America so you have basically Jackie, she's a young doctor, and you can see how it affects her. You know, she's upset uh, um, early on in the, in the book. She has to witness uh, a, a Down syndrome uh, patient that's being basically, uh, they're using euthanasia uh, on him. And, he's, uh, yes, yes. and she's very troubled by that. And, 
And, uh, you know, it's, it's an interesting uh, thing uh, that uh, it's mentioned during that, uh, that uh, chapter where um, the, her attending physician uh, talks about the hypocritical oath. You know, she reminds him it's uh, hypocritical to uh, do no harm. And uh, he, he yes, yes. Twists, uh, twists around that concept and, it's, and he says it's do no harm uh, to society. So if you look at the hypocritical in that, in that way, not to do harm to a patient, but yes. not to do harm to society, then somebody that's uh, spending money uh, on the system, you know, a disabled patient or an elderly patient, and doesn't contribute to anything, it's, it's, a pro- it's, a, it's, a, it's a problem. So euthanasia becomes justified. And, uh, and there are progressives uh, right now in, the, in, uh, in uh, our healthcare system that are advocating uh, exactly that. Um, Ram Emanuel's uh, brother, who is uh, yeah, was yeah. involved in the, in the making of, 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 yeah, of Obamacare, has been a big advocate of getting rid of the, of the hypocritical in medical school and teaching basically students to do what's right for society. Not for the, not for the patient. So that's definitely uh, happening already. Uh, tell uh, to my listeners a little bit more of the story in your book. Uh, just a short synopsis. Yeah, uh, basically, uh, like I said, the premise of that, that letter that Reagan uh, wrote in 1976, and then I, I take the story into the future, into the year 2076, and I show. Uh, what uh, a Marxist America, uh, you know, would uh, look like, and especially from the eyes of the of uh, my characters, uh, one of the, uh, the my protagonist is a young journalist student, uh, Michael Adams, and he kind of uh, comes across a plot to to destroy that uh, Reagan letter uh, because its uh, message has no place in in that futuristic uh, Marxist uh, America. And uh, he kind of uh, refuses to to uh, give in to the idea that uh, that in America uh, a simple uh, letter with a with a mess- with a simple message about freedom cannot be uh, read or, or talked about. And uh, he refuses to give in to that idea. And uh, basically, uh, the novel is his uh, adventure. And I try to make it. Uh, you know, an entertaining and uh, thrilling story. Uh, any good fiction, regardless of uh, of what message uh, uh, it has, uh, it still has to be entertaining and uh, you know, fast-paced and and uh, thrilling story. So I try to do that. Yeah, I'd like to tell my listeners that uh, this is a really adventurous and thrilling story. So. Uh, you would like it uh, if you uh, get hold of it. And how uh, listeners uh, can uh, can find your book, where they can uh, buy your book? The, right now it's uh, available uh, online on uh, uh, Amazon.com, uh, uh, BarnesandNoble.com. Uh, and uh, in the future I'll... Uh, um, I'm planning. I'm uh, talking to other uh, publishers, and uh, we're probably going to have it available at more uh, places. But um, right now, you can get it on Amazon and uh, BarnesandNoble.com. Uh, it can be also uh, downloadable, right? 
Yeah, yeah, it, it's it is a, a Kindle uh, compatible, and uh, you can read it as an ebook. In this book, um, uh, when I was following the story, I was kind of thinking, why uh, Michael Santos allowed uh, these guys to lose the letter? To lose what? To lose the letter. To, to lose the letter? Yeah, yeah. The, you, you as an author, I was thinking, when I was reading the book, I was thinking, why... In the hell, this Michael, of course you, allowed another another Michael to uh, to have the letter taken. You know. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean that's part of uh, making the story uh, interesting. You know, um, so he um, goes through a lot of trouble to keep that uh, letter uh, from being destroyed. So. Um, I think, uh, uh, you know, people will find, especially the, the ending of the story, uh, 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 you know, uh, uh, good. Uh, it's not a typical happy ending. I would say it's more kind of a hopeful ending. Um, didn't want it to, to end uh, in, uh, uh, in a dark uh, uh, tone, uh, you know, especially when you're talking about uh, Ronald Reagan, uh, who was uh, eternal optimistic. You know, you had to uh, inject some optimism there at the end. So, in your book, there is uh, uh, Obama City. Do you think uh, if America keeps uh, the way it is going now, uh, there will will be uh, such city in 2076? Well, uh, I believe a lot of what I wrote there, like I said, it's uh, it's uh, true. The The whole idea, obviously, with Obama City was uh, 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 something happened to, to New York uh, City, you know, uh, way before the story, you know, so it's kind yes. of in the background. So New York has been evacuated. And uh, so when I was writing the story, I, I, I was thinking, you know, if, if that happened, uh, Manhattan is uh, ever evacuated like that, where, where would Wall Street uh move to you know where would do where would our financial district uh be and uh you know there was a reason why um in the founding of our country uh, the the political capital and the financial capital were kept separate you know new york was the financial capital washington dc the political capital and, and that was done on purpose you know we didn't want the politicians and the and the money people to be uh too close together So I decided, you know, in, the, in that uh, new, Amer new America, that fundamentally transformed America, then Wall Street would definitely have to be close to, to Washington and to the politicians. So I kind of created this fictional the city of uh, Obama City in uh, northern Virginia. So just uh, uh, half an hour or so from, uh, from Washington, D.C. Well, thank you very much for such insight in the background of this book. Uh, uh, do you think uh, uh, that uh, if America will be socialistic in 2076, uh, that current president, uh, Barack Obama, he will be a popular uh, figure remembered and honored? Oh, yeah. I mean, regardless of, of what the, 
uh, hard left is, is saying right now. I mean, a lot of them are dissatisfied with what he's doing. Uh, but, you know, socialists are always dissatisfied. Um, if uh, things continue to go the, the way they are, and obviously Obamacare stays uh, as the law of the land, and all of these other uh, policies uh, are not uh, reversed, uh, then, yeah, I mean, he definitely will be remembered as a progressive uh, hero, you know, uh, implementing all, all, these, uh, all these policies. Um, you, you know, I mean, whatever one says about him, he has passed a lot of uh, legislation this past uh, couple of years. I mean, all of it bad uh, for, for, for the country, but he has passed, so his legacy will be there. And hopefully we were able to reverse uh, some of it, but we won't be able to reverse everything. So it, uh, his impact in the country will be here for decades to come. The end of your book uh, is uh, focused a lot about uh, elections. There are uh, elections described in your book. And uh, mm -hmm. let's, let's talk a little bit about the situation in America right now. We are coming to yeah. midterm elections, and uh, in two years we will have a new presidential elections. Um, what do you have to say about that? Yeah, I mean, the, the idea in my book, uh, you know, was uh, with the Democrats and Republicans, uh, basically, uh, both kind of going in the same direction, maybe just going at different speeds. You know, the Democrats are really accelerating uh, our march towards uh, a total uh, totalitarian big government, and uh, Republicans kind of going uh, in the same direction, but uh, just at a more cautious uh, speed. Um, but basically both parties taking us, taking us to the same uh, uh, place. Um, so that was the idea. If that continues at some point, uh, you know, the, there's no need for, for two parties, you know, it's a, a one-party system. And, uh, and that's basically what you have in most uh, 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 socialist or Marxist countries. You, you do have basically one-party system, and elections are just uh, a pretense. And that's, uh, that's what you have in 2076, is a one-party system. And uh, elections are basically just a, just a pretense just to uh, keep the public uh, uh, thinking they, they still are the ones electing their leaders. So well, now I think uh, things uh, are changing somewhat with this whole Tea Party uh, uh, movement. Um, I think we're now uh, electing, or, or we might be electing in a, a few days, uh, people that are true, truly concerned about the growth of our government and, and, and that are committed to, to reverse it and to do, you know, significant uh, uh, positive uh, change. So, but uh, what people have to re realize is that this cannot end uh, next week with the election. Uh, we're going to have, at best, you know, five, six good senators there in the Senate. I mean, even if the Republicans take over, uh, there's really five or six that are that you could count on to to be dedicated, de de determined to to reverse the size of government. So the, the, this energy that this Tea Party movement has brought in this 
past a couple of years have to stay there for a long time to come if we're going to truly uh, reverse the, uh, this, uh, this course we're in. Yeah, I, I was thinking that the only chance uh, to have real victory is uh, not only to elect uh, uh, conservatives uh, in these elections, but to stay electrified for a couple more years uh, till the next elections. Because uh, what I hear a lot and what I think uh, too, that um, uh, of course, uh, uh, conservative part of the Senate and Congress will try to stop uh, the laws like uh, about healthcare. Uh, and of course, uh, when the next presidential election will come, uh, socialists, they will uh, try to blame Republicans, conservatives uh, for these two years between uh, yeah. 10 and 12. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's important, you know, if Republicans want to win in 2012, is uh, not compromise for the sake of compromising. Uh, you know, uh, in areas that the, there's agreement, uh, you know, you need to fund the troops or whatever it is that those things are, are, are okay. But when you're talking about Obamacare and, and taxes and, and, and the, and the um, budget, the size of government, uh, then you, you, you cannot, uh, uh, compromise on those things. We're not, uh, voting for for these Republicans now to go in there and and rubber stamp uh, what Obama uh, is is doing, and give it a, a Republican uh, seal of approval. Uh, you know we're voting for them to go and oppose uh, this agenda. And uh, if they go in there and and oppose it, and they're uh, and they're direct to the American people and, and tell them, you know, for example, they, they try to pass uh, legislation uh, that repeals Obamacare, that, that gives us true uh, health care reform, um, and, they, and, and let them veto it. And then, you know, you take it to 2012 and, and you tell the, 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 the people, you know, President Obama had two health care reform bills during his uh, tenure, during his first term. Uh, yes, he, yes. he took the one that would that would be good for the nation, and he signed uh, the uh, the bad one. You know, the one that will increase the size of government and increase and and uh, put a, a debt in the future of our of our children. So you you tell that to the American people, and if they want the uh, the uh, healthcare reform that the Republicans have uh, uh, passed and he vetoed, then they, they, they'll give us a Republican president. And then we can uh, uh, sign it into law as soon as the new president is inaugurated. Yes, yes, exact. Um, uh, in the beginning, you uh, said that you were born in uh, Venezuela. And although you uh, live uh, in America and you are true American now, but I believe your heart uh, is uh, concerned about the country of your birth, too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, Hugo uh, Chavez, if people want to see what the socialism does to a country, you just got to look at, the, at Venezuela. I mean, we had our problems before, but now it's a, it's a, it's a disaster. I mean, I wouldn't, uh, right now, I would not even dare go uh, visit. Uh, it's. Uh, uh, complete uh, lawlessness and uh, poverty is now widespread 
there is no hope to to have a better future, and uh, the only hope is for the few lucky people that are able to escape. Uh, they're the ones that have hope. Uh, but otherwise, if you're there, there's no hope for the future, and it's just a country that's been uh, devastated, and it's just not Venezuela, not just Venezuela. I mean, uh, all Latin America is, is like this right now. They're, all these uh, socialist ideas, uh, they've been destroying these, these uh, uh, countries, and uh, we see the results, you know. If you go back to the 50s and 60s, uh, you know, Latin America had its uh, had its problems, but it had a, 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 a pretty decent standard of living. Now all of that is destroyed. I mean, there's no uh, hope. The only country that uh, that, uh, uh, that is doing well, uh, and we saw it now with this uh, miners incident, uh, is Chile. And Chile is the un- the only South American country that's uh, stayed away from this uh, this move towards socialism. Yes, I, I remember I, I was reading about the Cuba, history of Cuba. In the past, it was um, a, a real rich uh, country with uh, a lot of resources. And look what they yeah. uh, look what they did with uh, Cuba. And probably uh, there is a lot of in common uh, of socialism in Cuba and socialism in Venezuela. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Cuba, you know, was a young, charismatic uh, leader that came in promising hope and change. Uh, and uh, the end result hasn't been uh, hasn't been good at all. It hasn't worked out uh, well. And uh, and you know, some people uh, say that the uh, people back in Venezuela or back in Cuba uh, like uh, the, the the system uh, there, which is. Uh, complete nonsense because the, yeah. when, you, uh, when, somebody, exactly. when somebody says something like that, you, you're ignoring the millions of people that have abandoned uh, the country and uh, and the people that have died too. You know, obviously, if you if, if you kill all the people that oppose you or or, or, or let them get out of the country, then whoever's left is, is going to be your supporter. I mean, that's uh, uh, that's obvious, but uh, that doesn't mean uh, that it's that it's a good system. Before Chavez came into into power, Venezuela was one of the uh, uh, countries that had the the, the, the smallest amount of, uh, of of immigrants here in the in the in the states. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you go now to Miami, uh, Venezuelans are second only to Cubans in yeah. uh, in, the, in their numbers. I mean, it's, it's been massive exodus since uh, Chavez uh, took took uh, power. Yeah, it's very sad to see what's going on in Venezuela and Cuba. And recently, I saw the pictures of uh, Cuban healthcare. And uh, mm-hmm. also recently, I visited uh, the Ukraine, the country of my birth. And yeah. uh, I, uh, I, even even though it's uh, not a socialistic country right now, uh, but uh, the healthcare is still uh, kind of like universal healthcare with some elements right. of capitalistic healthcare, but. Uh, the results are uh, uh, devastating. Ukraine still cannot recover uh, from the socialism that it used to be in. And of course, Cuba uh, still keeps that. And uh, that those pictures of hospital rooms where Cuban people are treated 
Of course, uh, yeah. well, uh, looks very uh, awful, terrible. Oh yeah. Yeah, and, uh, you know, when people talk about uh, free healthcare, uh, you know, the only free healthcare, it's, it's not healthcare uh, at all. You know, if you let somebody just uh, die from her uh, natural course of their disease, that's free. You know, if you, if, you, if you are going to actually treat them and give them medication and give them a treatment, that takes money. And, and uh, if you want it cheap, it will be cheaper. It's, uh, Just uh, take a, like President Obama said uh, during one of these uh, town hall meetings, take a pain pill and, uh, you know, and go home. And, and that's, that's cheap, you know. If you're going to uh, do some of the amazing treatments that we have been able to do here in America that, uh, you know, uh, some of the amazing things we're, we're able to do, then that's going to be very expensive. Uh, and... Uh, But, but, you know, what we got to think about, for example, if, 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 if a treatment for cancer right now came, came, uh, came uh, true uh, and uh, it, was all, it was very expensive and was only available to, to the richest uh, uh, people, uh, what you got to uh, think is that you're now talking about ending cancer for your for your kids and your grandkids you might not be able to afford it now because it's very expensive but in the future as it as it gets more used and more widespread it will become cheaper and cheaper and and, and it's something that your kids will be able to to enjoy at a very affordable price uh, but now we're denying them we're denying them that just because you know that class envy that uh, uh, these progressives engage in all the time and uh, making it seem like if somebody else is getting a better treatment than, than you are or have better health care than, than you have, then there's something wrong with our, with our, with our society. And, and they've uh, been able to convince people of that. And the uh, consequences are now that we are all going to have more mediocre health care. Uh, Michael, uh, talking to you as a doctor uh, who is a guest on Socialism Survival podcast, on this podcast I am trying to uh, give to people some advice how they, uh, what they would uh, have to do if uh, they would uh, live in socialism. Yes, we are fighting, we are doing anything to stop it, but uh, I always look... Um, Uh, what if uh, people will have to leave? What they have to do? They have to store a lot of pills for use to go, or it's better just to live healthy uh, lifestyle and take care of their bodies. So when, for example, uh, they will face uh, socialistic universal health care, they would not need the health care at all. Yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, it's important, obviously, the, the same advice you would give uh, in general, you know, to live uh, healthy lives. Uh, but I think it's also important that we're, uh, we, we're involved with, uh, with our uh, parents or whatever older person uh, that uh, you have uh, near you, your grandparents or 
um, you know, that you know what's going on with their health and and uh, what their options are, because they will be the first ones to suffer, you know, when treatments are being denied, when when uh, doctors uh, when there's doctor shortages and things like that, they will be the first ones that will that will suffer. Uh, and they will need somebody to to be an advocate uh, for them or, or to help them out through you know difficult uh, uh, times and um, deal with the you know lack of care and uh, and all of that. So I think it's important that we remember our parents and our grandparents um, because uh, yeah, they will suffer to to through a system like this. Uh, I w- would like to mention uh, the uh, website uh, uh, www.2076reganslastword.com mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, uh, you can go there, uh, check out the, the book. There's a, a small excerpt uh, there, and uh, you can uh, purchase it as well. And uh, on that uh, website is uh, very very short uh, your uh, bio so uh, but it says Dr. Michael Santos is a physician and a writer and objectivist and a Christian and uh, mm-hmm. I'd like to ask you uh, what a role uh, your Christian faith plays in your life in your medical practice in your uh, writing, in your uh, political activity, etc. Well, yeah, I am a, a, a Catholic. Uh, I do uh, consider myself a born-again uh, Christian, mm-hmm. and uh, Christ is, uh, is my Savior. And um, it influences, obviously, uh, uh, when, uh, when uh, you have that reliance on, uh, on, on God and that faith, on God, it doesn't uh, make you a, a perfect person by any stretch of the imagination, but uh, you don't uh, buy into these ideas that the, the government is going to be your savior and only the government can can uh, can uh, see you through the tough times. <laughs> you know who, who to rely on during your difficult times, and, uh, and you know what... Uh, what's uh, 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 right and, and what's wrong, even if you uh, fail to, to, to live up to, to those standards, uh, you still uh, uh, know what's, what's uh, right and what's wrong, and you don't need to, be, to have the, that redefined uh, by, by the government according to their own political agenda. Yes. Uh, uh, thank you, uh, Michael. Thank you, Dr. Michael. Thank you, Michael, as a writer. And uh, thank you, Michael, as a Christian, for uh, honest and uh, open answer. Uh, my faith, because my faith, you know, my faith uh, played a, a big role in my life and in my salvation, because I was persecuted uh, by Soviet regime and uh, uh, was often on the verge of death. But thanks to God, and I can repeat it, repeat it again and again. Thanks to God, uh, I'm, sure. sa- I'm saved. I'm uh, well, I'm healthy, I'm here in America, I have a family, and uh, I'm just uh, honored to know God and uh, what He can do in people's lives. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. 
And uh, again, I'd like to uh, thank you for uh, coming uh, on this uh, program. I'd like... Oh, thanks for having me. I thank you for sharing uh, with me and uh, my listeners uh, your story and uh, uh, about your book and your insight in the future. Sure. I wish no I, wish I w could live uh, more than a thousand years to get to 2076 to see what's really going to happen. <laughs> well, I mean, it's not that, uh, that uh, far away. You know, it's uh, uh, basically my, my kids are going to be around in 2076. I mean, ho hopefully they'll be in the late 60s and 70s. I have uh, small kids, uh, but uh, uh, hopefully uh, they'll still uh, uh, be around. So it's uh, it's not that far, it's, uh, and we gotta be concerned about, about what kind of uh, country we're living in. Yeah. Again, I want to remind my listeners uh, the book uh, "2076: Reagan's Last uh, Word" by Michael Santos can be found uh, on. Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, yes. or you can get it at the website uh, www.2076ringenslastword.com. Uh, yes, uh, thank you, Mike, and uh, uh, God bless you, and uh, I wish you success in your life, blessing to you and your family, uh, your work, and uh, of course. Uh, to have uh, more people who bought and uh, read your book. Yeah, thank you. God bless you. Bye-bye. You too. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show, the interview. God bless you. God bless you, America. Until the next week, when you will hear again the voice of the common sense your socialism survival host, Alex.